to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. Andy is here with me. Andy, it's <laughs> how do we even describe that the other day? That was bizarre in so many ways. The attacking portion of it, obviously, we would have to be pretty pleased with. Uh, Roma, there was a statistic out there, and I can't remember when the last time was, but they scored four goals twice in a row in the league for the first time since, I believe it was 2015. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a long time. Been a while. Um, but, man, that had all the marks of a Roma who has zero composure. Yeah, I mean, listen, this was uh, an insane game. Um, for anybody who's neutral, that must have been a highly entertaining game. Uh, for fans like us, it was basically a, la- a matter of life and death, uh, those final six minutes of added time. Um, I-, I must admit, I-, I-, I, was- I was praying to to some god up there if 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 the game could just end as quickly as possible and the game just kept dragging on um there is a lot of positives in this game but there is also that shaky defense and i mean c- can you please explain to me with with from a i don't know a, a scientifical analytical mindset what the hell went on in that second goal like how how do you concede that goal like in if if we gave them the ball to that guy i don't even remember his name anymore pereira pereiro Pereiro. uh, yeah pereiro if we give him the ball back right this second he's not gonna do it again that's it i i really that that to me is what roma needs to clean up as fast as possible because those are the mistakes that really are baffling are demoralizing and i mean it could have killed the whole game right there and then well i couldn't believe on that goal how much space they gave him I mean, Fazio... It was crazy. I mean, they kept backing off, like expecting somebody to get in the way. I don't know. I mean, it looked like he was going to keep backing up until he reached the stands. Right. I have no idea what he was doing there. That was terrible. Cristante, nowhere to be found. Fazio backing up. Smalling in no man's land. uh, Just... The whole team, I that's you know that's a representation of how bad Roma can can be and have been this season in a game that overall was probably on the offensive end one of their very best. Okay, well let let's talk about the positive first. And I I knew this was going to happen right when I saw Kalinic score. Everyone, I I think I had two or three people say, oh. Because I, I made a tweet. I said something. This was some of the best move, movement and attack I've seen yeah. from Roma all season. <laughs> yeah, and, of course, people can. reply to that naturally. Well, why is that? Oh, it's because <laughs> Jekyll's out is what they're trying to apply. Yeah, um, yeah. It can't be that simple, though. It, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just not, also, right? No, because because this game, Kalinic played as pitch perfect as Jekyll played. Like, this was – Kalinic played the way Jekyll plays when he's on his good day. Because Kalinic, the game that Kalinic had is not summarized in the stats, so two goals and one assist. It's in the work that he he put in. It's in the all the balls that he's recovered on how aggressive he was and he maintained the the, the ball up the pitch. Uh, he was a good reference point for the attack. So he made all the right decisions in a very Jekyll way. I made this point though, so. 
they wanted to talk about Jekyll being now Kalinich being in whatever, because I mean, this is a guy who has been constantly, uh, I mean, constantly ridiculed since the time he arrived and, and rightfully so to an extent. I mean, those were the first two goals he scored, he scored all season. Um, and I think in over in over a year, in like a year and two months or something. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Now, I I believe Jekyll hasn't had a brace all season. Is that right? Yeah, this, yeah. Kalinic, okay. Kalinic has a brace. Jekyll doesn't. Okay. So now this is going to be controversial. I know that because when those people tweeted that to me, I said, "Well, the one who's missing is Pellegrini," and I'm sorry. I, I have to say it because we talked about Mkhitaryan last week. Oh, what a player. What? A, I mean, his footballing IQ to me, obviously there's a technical ability. We can talk about that all we want. I just feel like he's so much smarter than everybody else on the pitch, like by a long stretch. Oh, for sure. I mean, well, if he's healthy, he's a game changer. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that he went to some really successful clubs. It's just that... The moment it didn't pan out was the moment when he would spend more time injured than on the playing field. But uh, Fonseca said it, the, the game changer and the man of the match was, 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 was Mkhitaryan because he set the tone. Uh, if, you, if you look at some of his heat maps, he basically covered the whole pitch. Um, he, he was tremendous. He would lose the ball and he would immediately recover it. And and he was the one who would make plays most often. He he was the one opening up the space for Kalinic, for Under to get in, for 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 Clivert. Uh, and and he was also an additional player in the midfield because of having VR there that you needed somebody extra in, back there. So he was there. So when he's on a good day, it's no mystery that if you have to choose between. Pellegrini coming back from injury and Mkhitaryan on a good day, you're going to go Mkhitaryan because uh, the, he, he's just a, a perfect Swiss army knife in these, in these situations when he's on his game. So that was a question I was going to ask then. Um, do you throw Mkhitaryan back out on the left and bring Pellegrini back through the middle? I feel like when you move Mkhitaryan to the left – Obviously, he's not going to have the ball at his feet nearly as much. I feel like that takes away some of his strengths. Listen, I, to me, it's it's quite simple. Pellegrini has been a no-show since November. Uh, and Mkhitaryan right now is playing the, the, the best football he's played at Roma so far. So you you just have to let him, let him go. You just have to... Give him the, the sort of the reins to to the team because right now it's his team. This the Roma team that we've seen in these last few victories was the was was the Roma of Smalling and Mkhitaryan. These are the two guys that basically had ha, have had the biggest impact uh, in, in these last few games. And there is no reason, you know, to to pull pull him out or move him there or because Cengiz is doing better. So. You're not moving him. Uh, Clivert is is doing good as well. So I just don't think you you should change it, especially in a time like this where Roma just can't afford to make mistakes. And Pellegrini, let's be honest, has made more mistakes than contributions in these last few months, and that's just a fact. Um, he's gonna come back from it, but for now, if he comes back from this injury, he's gotta be benched. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about 
that. I, I, I don't know how you could even argue against that because during this two-week stretch where Roma have, to an extent, looked like they've gotten their stuff together, has anybody been better than Mkhitaryan? Because I don't think so. No, no. I mean, it, that's he's been the one. He's been the one so who... who... Who took upon himself the responsibility of leading the team? He was the the sort of the spark. Whenever the team would you know would succumb to the opponent, he was the one. Even in that Cagliari game, whenever Cagliari in that second half would you know put us in a difficult spot and and try to regain some some of the the, the territory, he would get get back at them. And it, that's. You know, that's the what I. There was one single piece of uh, action where I really liked it. I, I wish I could have recorded it because it was him losing the ball. Um, I don't remember who was it that took the ball from him, but basically him losing the ball, then tracking back as fast as possible, recovering it with a slight tackle, then getting back and not making the next player, and then uh, leading a counter attack. That's that's his contribution right now and there is you you it's priceless you can't put a price on it right now yeah i completely agree um i again Fonseca, uh it was either last week or two weeks ago when he was asked about pellegrini he said we don't do our players any favors when they're in a difficult moment by hiding them that doesn't help anybody i just don't know and the three behind, because obviously Jack was going to come back in. Yeah, thank you, Kalinic, great performance. But, I mean, come on, stop this with the – let's replace Jack. No, of course. It. Enough, of course. come on. I don't know how you change Clivert, Mkhitaryan, and Under at this moment because Clivert seems to have gotten it together. Under, as you and I have said, I mean, it's going to be a regurgitation of everything we've said a couple of times already. But man, when when he's committed, he is such a different player. It, it, it's astonishing, yeah. His level between yeah. caring versus not caring. Or maybe that's a bit too harsh, but well, no. But it's good it's, attitude versus bad yeah. attitude. Yeah, it's and and the bad bad and good attitude comes from the initial minutes. It, it, whenever he starts the game and he sees that you know he's having a good game, that the opponent is 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 not catching up to him the way Luca Pellegrini was completely unconscious uh, when he was on him. Uh, when, when in those initial minutes, he sees that this is his opportunity, then he's going to have a great game. And, you know, lately that's been the case um, against Cagliari, him and Mkhitaryan were just these deadly weapons that um, all credit to Clivert for his finish because that was cold as ice. It was great because, you know, uh, we've seen too much of Kalinic missing sitters. And previously we've, we've seen Schick miss those kind of pieces. And, and Jekyll has missed his fair share of that. But Cliver got it there. Um, credit to him. But the, the difference makers up there was Mkhitaryan and Under just having a field date on, on, on that right side. And you just can't you know after performance like this offensively don't don't if it was up to me i wouldn't change a thing um apart from jacob being back there because it's just if if this is it then then keep it you cannot afford to make experiments in in the other departments so midfield defense fine but right now if you can keep just this attack producing then keep it that way yeah i completely agree what did you think of vr 
I, I tweeted out, I thought the best compliment that could have been paid to him was that he rarely was talked about, which is a good thing, meaning he didn't make any glaring yeah. mistakes. I was, I had to be honest, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, 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 I, I, I fully agree. I actually, when I rewatched the game, I, I rewatched it with that, with that quote of yours in my mind that, that the best compliment you can make is that he doesn't stand out. He didn't stand out. And, you know, for a first game as a starter, that's really the best compliment you can give him because really he didn't put us in any tight spots. Um, he, he, he made some decent plays, didn't play like, you know, I, because I always remember that game where Spalletti put Gerson against uh, Juventus as a starter. Remember that. And, you could just feel the fear coming from him every time he had the ball at his feet. With VR, you didn't notice anything, right? I mean, it didn't. There, there were no glaring mistakes. You know, he didn't lose the ball in 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 in, in difficult situations. Um, he intercepted some some made some great recoveries. Um, there's still a lot to to. He still got a lot to learn, and I, he definitely needs to become more physical because that's what I was afraid of. Is that against a team like Cagliari, who have you know, nine Golan, the likes of nine Golan in, in the midfield that you're going to suffer with VR, who reminds everybody of their 14 year old nephew. Um, <laughs> he, he needs he's to not, get, I mean, yeah. as a fellow, <laughs> as a fellow incredible. person with a baby face, <laughs> man, he looks like he is 12. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, he's gonna. He's he's. You know, you know, you you certainly know that the moment he got back to Rome, he's become a ladies' man. He's not. <laughs> he's not. He's not, he's not a little boy anymore. Uh, so yeah, he needs to work on his physicality. That's but for a first showing, great stuff. Um, I I don't get people who compare that to to Cristante. For Cristante, it's a it's a whole different head case, and it's uh, to me it's not even worth getting into it anymore. No, <laughs> no. It's it's too. I just I you know for him, in my opinion, Cristante is like a, is 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 a bit like Florenzi. For just like in Florenzi's case, I think the best for him is to find another team uh, where where he or just. Where he will be able to to express himself as a completely different player, as a new player, because here he's not gonna come out of that specific role in the in the in the middle of the pitch, and that's not his role, and he's clearly not up to it. Doesn't make a difference, although he just turned twenty five today. He's, uh, I just don't think it's it, it fulfills his potential. So Maran gets the sack after they lose and they replace him with a guy who I'll never understand how he continues to get <laughs> calls to be a manager, Zenga. It's astonishing to me. Yeah. I, I he's he's more famous for his t- TV appearances um, than, <laughs> than, uh, than, his, it, yeah, than his coaching skills. It's crazy. All right, the Europa League. Let's go. It is Monchi time. And again, real quick, I just want to preface this by saying I understand why there is so much disdain and vitriol for Roman Monchi. I get it. He did terrible at Roma. Monchi money? Monchi oh. money? <laughs> okay, now I think over the next two weeks we're going to see Mongo 
written more than we have over the last year since he left. Almost, we're coming up on close they're, to. They're a year. gonna be they're gonna be teaching that word in in the in the Roman <laughs> high schools all over Rome before the game starts. Well, I feel bad because his son, who is who wants to become a sporting director, uh, I believe he was just licensed last year in Spain. He passed his test to yeah. become a sporting yeah. director. Um, yes. Even he's getting it now. So I feel I listen. I I haven't physically tweeted Mongo once. I guess to an extent I can understand why some do because you're very upset about how terrible he did and how badly he dismantled the team. But let's calm down at least a little bit, a little bit. What did you think of the draw, though? Because in all seriousness, as much as we want to troll Monchi, who has turned down every interview request that I've made, um, if we're just talking about, okay, put the put the hate aside and the wanting to troll aside, that was one of the worst draws you could get, yeah? I mean, listen, I I will never understand this this philosophy of, you know, of getting too far ahead and being all happy and cheering and being, oh, we're going to, you know, avenge what he did to our team and, ah, oh, you know, this is this is revenge for that those summer transfer markets and all that bullshit that is so just out of touch with reality because this was, you know, at this stage in this company, this is not the champion, this is Europa League. And, you know, it coincides so much with, you know, with, with our timetable, with our schedule. We played not even 72 hours after that game against Ghent. Um at this stage, you wish to have sort of the easiest of draws in order for then, you know, you can you can focus on the league. You can still manage to to do to get a result in the Europa League and advance. And here, no, it's this was tough, you know, and it's it, 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 it shouldn't have been as tough. Um, I just can't believe the luck that Manchester United have been. It's unbelievable these, every it's, year. Just and, and when they won the Europa League, I mean, if you look at some of the draws they had, it was just a cakewalk, you know. And here it's they had the perfect draw. I wish, you know, I wish Roma didn't get, you know, a total, you know, shitty team. Uh, but but at least, you know, like a Copenhagen, you know, a Copenhagen is is a team that I I I, I could see us play and and still advance and. Because this Sevilla game is going to be really tough and it requires all the focus in the world. And Roma are in a spot where where it comes to, you know, you'll have to, at some point, it's probably going to come to down to compromising something over the other. So I was just about to bring that up. Good, good call. Um, there are some people, I don't know if I would necessarily include myself in this, that view the Europa League as sort of the path of least resistance to qualifying for the Champions League, which I sort of scoff at because it's like, uh, like, what are you talking about? This fan base, man, this fan base is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I just... We haven't won a trophy in, in ages, but yes, we're going to just win the Europa League and qualify to the Champions League, obviously. Fonseca has been asked it twice in a row in his last... Two press conferences. That was that was one of the first things he was asked after they knocked out Ghent. Which I'm just like, 
even if you have no clue, just go to Roma's Wikipedia page and you can sort of get an idea <laughs> how stupid that question actually is. But let's pretend for a minute it's not a completely stupid question. Part of me, okay, I don't believe it, but I can understand how somebody would believe it after you watch Atalanta, Lecce, they battle back, they even it up two to two, and Atalanta end up winning like seven to two. So what is your view on all of this? <laughs> that we don't do steroids, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, we'll save that podcast for another time. <laughs> no, but... No, hold my... on, just real quick. Yeah, yeah. It has to be coming out within the next two years that they are doping, right? Has to. Dude, in, in, in two years' time, there's going to be a lot of shit coming out about this season, and not just because of Atalanta. <clears throat> oh, boy. Um, so... <laughs> But coming back to your question, I, you know, I definitely, I don't, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to compromise the Europa League because I still, you know, it's a tough draw, but I can still see us get a result. This is, you know, uh, Sevilla are a team that is beatable, um, a team that I, on paper, is, in my opinion, very similar to our team. And uh, barely advanced I, past Cluj, by the way, they they advanced yeah. on away goals. Yeah, on a, on away goals and the the return game was, you know, your typical Europa League game played in farmers' land. So, um, what I I think I think this is, you know, you go for it. In my opinion, it's you go for it because at this point, you know, you have so many, you have so few objectives left, and I still believe I still I'm not as optimistic as you are about Atalanta dropping points. I, I because the way they when they're on their, you know, they, and they play the way they played against Lecce, it's like, you can't do anything against, it's yeah, like, you, yeah. you know, you're just a regular civilian while they're playing like they're Hulk. So it's, to me, you still focus on the Europa League. I would like to see us get a result. And I believe that they still can do something. Yeah. I, I do think Roma are better than Sevilla. If I'm being honest, I do. I think they should progress, but I have no idea what the problem is. The sample size that we have from this team, particularly over the last two months, is just so erratic that you yeah. really have no clue what to expect. And you have no clue who's going to gonna be there. Yeah, you have well, no yeah, clue who's going to be there. That that's... too. What, what about Diawara? We're hearing reports that, you know, maybe maybe he's not all that fit. He's been training with the team. Fonseca himself doesn't know when he's going to be back. You have Pellegrini out, maybe back. Uh, Mkhitaryan, is he going to sustain his form? Is this going to be the same Mkhitaryan in two weeks' time? Uh, it's it's th This is a team riddled with question marks. And it just, to me, it's that's the scariest part going into these final stages. Yeah, and then you have, somebody asked me the other day, when Pastore is going to return? <laughs> Great question, because I don't <laughs> think there's an answer to that. They're making a documentary about that mystery. <laughs> oh my gosh, can you, is that, that has to be, now listen, it's sort of like a fun game that we play with some of Roma's flops and some of the worst deals made ever in the history of the club. I don't know how this one gets beat. I, I genuinely don't between fee and wages. I, I, I just don't know how this one will ever be topped. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I was, what, because, you know, I see him 
posting comments after every Roma game. He goes around and posts posts comments under the pictures, usually of Hispanic players on our team. So recently it was <laughs> on VR's uh, uh, photo, and he was like, "Ah, good game." And I'm just imagining him just. Poor guy, you know, loves football, but he spends he has spent more time watching the games than actually playing them uh, in his career. Most likely, if somebody were to like draw up stats, that's it has to be true. I, it, it just has to be, and it's 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 terrible because it's he's a quality player, but at the same time, you you have to also wonder what, what his teammates think. Like this is a guy who probably shows up, you know, and trains. By himself, individually, most days, nobody really sees him, you know. And it's been like that for what two years, and it's supposed to go on for another three. Jesus Christ! It's it's alarming, um, and it's also kind of funny too that three or four of Roma's highest paid players are Pastore, Inzonzi, Florenzi. Pero Very aquí. depressing. Very, very depressing. Um, all right. Well, Roma has Sampdoria coming up at the weekend. Uh, this should be pretty is straightforward, it though? right? Is it, though? is it though? Is it coming up this weekend? Oh, God. Hold on. Can we talk about the coronavirus <laughs> real quick? <laughs> yes, let's talk about the virus. Okay. Well, we can talk about how the league has completely messed this up. I will never understand how. And the thing is, like, Italy gets made fun of for how things are decided upon. These are not idiots. These are like well-educated guys that make some of the dumbest decisions that I will never understand. And even when there's blowback, they just can't raise their hands and say, oh, we got it wrong. It's unbelievable to me. Absolutely and incredible. And also their response time to these mistakes. It just If you follow Di Marzio, who basically gives you live updates on this situation, in the last two days, it seems like they've had like five meetings Two of them had like different conclusions. There is still no coherent decision made. There is a lot of bullying and fighting going on between clubs and rep league representatives and whatnot. And Marotta, who's one of the advisors of the Lega Serie A, along with our beloved <clears throat> Claudio Lotito, uh, <laughs> is is basically. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. Like it's it's they're fighting each other, but they're with each other. It's and it's it's just we live in 2020, but these guys are behaving like it's World War II um, because that's the last time that the the league was stopped is when the war was on. So is this is this even happening? Is because. If we have to postpone any more games, I just can't see this this you know this uh, uh, Serie A going forward this year. Well, the the funny thing is too. Well, there's that. Do we want to talk about? Here's the thing. Somebody hears at this point within the last week or two weeks that you're from or have been to Italy within the last like month or two. You might as well get it tattooed on your forehead. <laughs> because yeah, like the because you bastard. you are you are a pariah, my friend. Yeah. yeah. So tell your story first. What happened with you? You you told a nice story about yeah, your landlord. I, I was basically sitting uh, in my flat in Amsterdam, and suddenly I get an email from my landlord who's asking me 
in his uh, incoherent English uh, about whether I, I, I've been in Italy. And um, he's like, I know you're Italian, so I'm asking you if you've been to Italy because we need to know because we are asking around all the Italians that live in my flats because he's got a lot of buildings. And today we're going to disinfect the, the, the stairs to the apartment building that I live And the guy was, I don't know what he did, but he hired some guys to disinfect the stairs <laughs> to my apartment building because an Italian guy, me, lives on the second floor. So that's the situation for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, mine is not so different than yours. Uh, last week, I got an email from a nurse at my physician's office and the the subject line is checking in coronavirus symptoms i go oh okay maybe this is just something they sent to everybody this email says hello john this is her name from your physician's office i am reaching out as a general welfare check We've been combing through our records of anyone who has indicated as such, but you have noted on your initial visit, you're a native of Italy from the Veneto region, which for anyone who doesn't know has been, I believe it's the third most ravaged uh, region in Italy to be hit with the coronavirus. Uh, she continues by saying, as you probably know, that that particular region has seen a surge in coronavirus cases, and we just want to make sure you're feeling okay. Have you traveled back there recently? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I didn't answer that email because Holy I was afraid shit, of man. I was afraid of what would happen. What would happen if I responded <laughs> yes? Because I was there in December. So, oh, wow. if you don't hear me later in the week or, or next week on the podcast, I'll be taking over. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably because I've been rounded up by. Now listen, I we I never discuss politics on here, but knowing Trump, man, I don't know. Maybe he's got some he's gang got a, yeah. just he's rounding. He's got a virus squad. You you know that after that space force, he's got like a virus force going on. He he definitely does for sure. So just a fair warning to everybody: if if I'm not here, that's that's what's happened. It's because I didn't respond to this email, which, yeah, very um. That definitely raises your self-esteem. So like I said, um, if you're from there at this moment, like I said, you are better off just tattooing from Italy on yeah. your forehead because it really won't make much of a difference if you just casually bring that up in conversation. You're going to get the same look from people. Yeah, it's not going to be nice when uh, you're on a date and she asks, oh, so where are you from? Uh, from from Italy. Oh, that's, that's the end that's the end right there yeah after you shared a drink or something with her that's it the, the yeah, one thing it, that worked the charm by being italian is now off the table it is now off the, it is off canceled being italian is is now canceled unfortunately so assuming i am still here and coronavirus free we will be back later in the week um either slightly before or slightly after Roma face Sampdoria in the league. So if, if they face Sampdoria. Okay, if they face them in the league. Correct. Uh, so as always, uh we'll talk to you next time everybody. Thank you for listening. Ciao. Ciao.